Okay, welcome to the Dog End Podcast. Today we are uh, talking with Dr. Jacobs. Uh, and so if you could tell us a little bit about uh, what your background is, uh, places you, where you got your degrees, places you've worked. Um. Um, yeah, so I began um, with my undergrad. I um, got a degree in management information systems with that one it was very early on and i wasn't really sure what i wanted to do with my life and i went and talked to one of the advisors and the um, the advisor's like what do you like what do you want to do and um i was like i don't know i like business and i like computers and she said well have you heard of mis management information systems and i was like no what is that so she she kind of explained to me what management information systems is, and that's exactly as it sounds. You are managing your a company's information systems, so like a lot of technology. Um, and I was like, that sounds right up my alley. So that's that's kind of what I did and, and loved it. Um, and then I got several jobs in in, in there. Um, one of the first things I did was teach um, at a local. Uh, college with that one when I was doing one of my presentations in class there was another student in there who happened to teach at this tech technical college and he said have you ever thought about teaching because you're really good at like doing PowerPoint and doing technology and stuff like that and so it's like not really but you know <laughs> I'll give it a go um, so I kind of started doing that um, and then at the same time I worked for a university um, building a tracking systems because they have to meet regulations government regulations so i was doing that and then i eventually decided to go and get my masters um and i got an mba and both of those were from indiana state university where larry bird is from and um yeah, like, that's, that's, what was that the Hoosiers. Yeah. Uh, well, the Hoosiers are IU. Um, IU Indiana okay. State is the Sycamores. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, um, I was going to say a lot of times, and this is kind of going off track a bit, but you end up getting jobs um, just by happenstance. And so from having the job that I had, and I was doing a, a master's as well, I, the, um, uh, and VP of Enrollment Services wanted me to move over and, and start this other project. So what I did was I came over and implemented a CRM system, which is customer relationship management. Okay. And so I implemented that and a lot of my job was doing like, I wore three hats. I was the sysadmin, the bizadmin, and the campaign manager. So I was pretty much a spammer. So I would send prospective <laughs> students spam emails. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I had that job as I was doing my MBA. And then once I finished my MBA, um, when I did decide to go and do my PhD, I knew that I needed to go somewhere else because it's not a good idea to get the same perspective for all three degrees. Um, so I went way different and went to England. <laughs> oh, so wow. I did, yeah, I did my PhD at Henley Business School. It's a wonderful business school and it's about it's in Reading and it's part of Reading University. It's about a 30 minute train ride from London, southwest of London. Um, but it is in the top like 3% worldwide. But it's uh, anyway, it's a really good business school. I, I love my time there. 
with that, um, I decided to go there. I went looking at a few places, but this, um, who became my supervisor there, my PhD supervisor was Dr. Kiichi Nakata. Um, when I met him, he, he's Japanese and I felt like just him and his personality, if anyone could get me through this, it is this <laughs> man. <laughs> so that's kind of how I, I went about it. Um, my PhD is in informatics. So again, MIS is business. MBA is business, sorry, MIS is business, but with a tech spin, MBA is completely business, but from a strategic level. And then the PhD, I went back to informatics, which is the study of information and a little more on the, the technical side, I guess, again. Wow. So that's kind of my pathway. Um, there's more to the story, but <laughs> that's probably what, enough. What is the funnest part of your job at Fresno State? it's it's hands down like the students and teaching the students and then like creating new opportunities for the students so i teach data analytics and i teach along with that statistics and then and this podcast is more about the statistics side um but i do love to if i can get new opportunities for the students for them to do so for example we took a tour to hulu last semester um, oh, wow. I had a group go to a conference with me in San Jose and they met people from Google and other, Microsoft and some other places. So, but just, just getting them a little bit out of their comfort zone and creating those opportunities for them, but hands down students, I, I love being around the students. So, yeah. So, uh, one class that you're teaching next semester is DS-123, right? Correct. Um, so once students finish that class, what and the assignments in it, what would they be able to do? Yeah, so uh, overall, I want them to be really good critical thinkers and know where and how to collect proper data. But we have a lot of student learning objectives along with that. So some of the things they should know how to do is like use the standard normal distribution, um, use that to, part of it is to construct confidence intervals. I want them to be able to properly apply um, logic to hypotheses test, and along with that formulate and apply the null and alternative hypotheses. They need to know which tests to run and how to interpret the output from those different tests. And along with that, understand and determine like the p-value for a hypothesis test and, and understanding relationships between variables. And I also want them to become super comfortable with Excel. <laughs> so uh, there's, there's a lot that they, that they will be learning and should know how to do when they leave. How, does, um, how do you think the class fits in with like the global perspective of, because this, uh, this is also like a, a business requirement. So there's not, not all info system students are in there. So Correct. Yep. So, um, with this, they take um, DS71, which is quantitative analysis, and then they take two statistics classes, the DS73 and DS123. So in the fall, I'll be teaching the second stats classes, um, and I have two of those sections. Um, overall, just understanding, you know, quantitative analysis is, is huge. Mm. Um, 
but more importantly, like data is so important to a business. So having a better understanding of the data and how the analysis of, of business data can help inform and, and make better business decisions is a must for all areas in business. Like you must know, know how to use your data properly, right? Um, it's also like so relevant right now as we watch and learn about COVID-19 and, and standard deviations like you hear in the news that they're speaking about standard deviations and flattening the curve. So right. it's very, very relevant, not just in like business and their school, but also in their in their like personal life as well. Um, so that's a that's a big thing. Um, and then the technology so is 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 in this class too we'll learn some some technology that they can take with them in in other not just in other classes but in in the work life as well i it's funny i haven't really come across uh like at least a post-college job description that doesn't list like data analysis or collection or something like it Yes, definitely. So that's something I talk about to the students as well is just go and start having a look at it doesn't matter if you want to go into accounting or finance or marketing, you will see that they are, are almost always wanting you to have some analytics background. Right. And statistics is kind of a big part of analytics. So yeah, very important, um, even though they don't see it straight away. Right. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> When you're uh, when you're doing formulas by hand or <laughs> working in one of the data analysis programs, you definitely do not see it. No. <laughs> um, what is your favorite uh, topic or assignment in the class? Yeah, so I I really like when we start getting to the last few chapters because it's where everything that they've been learning really kind of comes together. So 73, really going back, 71 is even kind of a, a foundation for 73. And the 73 is really just kind of pulling the, apart the pieces so that you get better understanding of all the pieces. And then when you get to 123, everything sort of comes together. Um, so I like that. And I especially like when we get into regression analysis because students kind of seem to they begin to understand the power of it, especially like predictive analytics and how that can relate to business. Um, so I think that those are, those are some of the ones that I like. Um, I also like technology. So in my class, we use a lot of technology. We use um, Excel, JMP, and now we're using a little bit of StatCrunch as well. So okay. they learn a lot of tech. Yeah, uh, in the learning center, when students are in tutoring, all you hear is JMP, JMP this, JMP that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So that's yeah, you all, yeah. <laughs> the the tutors need to understand technology as well, so they can help the students. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, what makes this uh, class challenging for students? That's you know. It doesn't have to be challenging for students, um, but I do think that the students, they do have a lot of trepidation about statistics. And some of that comes from, they've heard from other students that it's a difficult course and the stats classes are more difficult than the other classes, courses they have to take. Um, other students are kind of afraid because of the math that's, that is involved. So they already come in with a lot of anxiety or nervousness about the course. Um, I 
think also it's also one of those courses that has some ambiguity to it as we were just mm -hmm. talking about and students don't really like readily see how it is useful right. and so they're introduced to these concepts at a deeper level that maybe they've only like previously like touched on in lower levels so they you know like when you're in kindergarten or whatever you probably not kindergarten but at some point in elementary school you learn how to count like frequency distributions and things like that but um you you only touch on it so when they get in here you go a lot deeper um and it's a lot in such a condensed even though it's broken up into two courses it's so much right you know in in a semester with DS-123, the second stats courses, the first couple weeks um, is just a review of the last three chapters from 73. Mm. Right. Um, so you're packing in review and new new concepts. So I think I think sometimes it's just that the students come in with that anxiety that makes it challenging. I think for others, the concepts are hard to grasp straight away um and then others just really have a lot of anxiety over math so yeah math anxiety is 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 a topic of conversation the learning center constantly yeah so we try to ease that at least i know i do um but i don't know i don't know how you how you go about that it, yeah um how do you feel the remote uh, instruction in the fall will impact the class or do you have any plans for that? Yeah, so I, I wanted like kind of going along with the last question and then with this question. So kind of to try to ease, ease them a little bit. I will say like for me in particular, my exams, they are more difficult. I hear it all the time that my exams are super hard, but at the same time, I say that I pad them quite a bit. So you do have to come to my classes because that's where you get all of your points. And just the reason I do that is research shows that students that come to class, they get better grades. And it's so true. If you if you don't come to class in statistics, you fall behind so quickly. Right. So hard to get caught up. So almost every class period, we have a deliverable. Um, <laughs> so what that means though for students is they're getting lots of points and it's things that we, they will basically follow along uh, an instructor led um, exercise and then they submit their you know, files or papers afterwards and they get points for, for that. So I'm essentially giving them points for note taking a lot, a lot of times. Um, so I, switching to that, basically what I do is have them read, they're supposed to read, most students don't read, you should read the book, but read the book. <laughs> we'll come to class and I'll like introduce a new concept for maybe five, 10 minutes, and then we'll spend the rest of the time going through instructor-led um, problems. What we do in the school business, they are all related, business-related, uh, like cases, small cases. Um, so hopefully those cases give them an understanding of how they're going to use statistics in business. Um, although again, that's something that doesn't quite click all the time. Um, so anyway, 
read the chapter, I'll go over the concepts for about five or 10 minutes, and then you have instructor-led exercises. Once we finish the chapter, we have more in-depth exercises where the students kind of collaborate together to work on the problems. I'm there to help, but really they are learning from each other. Bringing that to last semester, <laughs> when we all had to like transition to online all of a sudden, Luckily, I already use a lot of technology in the classroom. So I take notes in the classroom. I would use OneNote. And for those that don't know OneNote, yeah, it, it's everyone, all the students can access it in real time. And so instead of using the whiteboard, um, I'm using that on the computer and all the notes are there in real time. So if you're sitting in the back row, you could still see what was written on, the, on OneNote. And you can also access that outside of the classroom. So I kind of kept that going. We would have um, Zoom sessions, which is probably how I'm going to run the, the class as well. We'll have Zoom sessions, but I'll still use OneNote. And you'll still do your like assignments in Excel or Jump or whatever and submit those when they're finished. But it was a very, for my students, I think it was a very easy transition because it was very similar format to what we had been doing. Right. So I kept the same format. Um, and again, use OneNote, but just added Zoom, Zoom sessions rather than being face, you know, face to face. I initially tried to do it more like asynchronous, which means that I just kind of recorded lessons um, because I know some students were working more and others had family that they need to take care of and all this, all these other external things were happening. Um, but I found that students, after the first week, I was like, Let, you know, let's assess this. How did it go? What do we, where do we want to go from here? And they all wanted back to, back to make me come to class. <laughs> so uh, they wanted that accountability. So I was like, okay, we're going to, we're going to go back to that. <laughs> That had to be encouraging hearing from them that we want to be in class. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so then, it, and it's funny because they did have a whole, I think that for the most part, the students at Fresno State have great personalities and, and, and really, really want to learn. They don't take their learning for granted. So I think that's amazing. But there was definitely a switch in, uh, an interest in coming to class <laughs> like it was not that you're dragging me here it's we want you to be here with us you know where it's a little bit of a switch so that was that was really nice just to see so yeah okay. so hopefully that gives students in the fall an idea that they're not they're not going to be alone even though it's switched online um you know professors, your faculty, we're here to help you learn. And uh, especially for me, I'm always going to kind of assess how they're doing and if we need to, to change things. So I'll try to keep the same format that I've used in the past, but just kind of switch it to more, more online. Yeah, with, with that said, like what can students do to make sure that they're not struggling on their own all semester? Yeah, so one of the things I wanted to mention too, so hopefully like students that are um, not yet, I don't know. One of the things that would really, really help is if they have the right laptop. <laughs> oh, okay, this is good. 
No, it is super good. If I could let the world know, um, if you, if they are taking a business or if they're doing a business, um, concentration, they definitely need to have a windows PC instead of a, um, Mac or a Chromebook because the software doesn't work on Chromebooks at all. Mm. And then with the Macs, they just struggle so much. Um, and they're not, um, there's like not all the features are available for Mac users. And so it's just always a struggle. Um, right. So number one, if you can, if not, there's, there's, you know, things are ways around it. And we're starting to get a portal we're looking into, which is a virtual lab, which hope will eliminate any of those issues because you can just access it online. Um, but it wasn't quite ready last semester. Um, the other things is that they do start falling behind. Come, you can't come to my office hours, but you know, email me if we're doing online or stay after class. So I often have students that even when we were in the online format that would stay after to ask me questions. If it's something that you want to do privately, that's fine too. We can set up individual Zoom sessions. But if you see that you're starting to fall behind, contact immediately because we can, we can do a lot more, right? We can support and do a lot of remedial work if we can get that quickly. But if you wait until you've gotten so far behind, it is just so incredibly hard to catch back up. Um, so yeah, just make sure that you're coming to classes, you're staying up on your homework. If you do miss one, get with the other students in your class, get with your instructor, yeah, get yeah, get that material. Get caught up as soon as you can. Right. Go see the tutoring as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so uh, do you have any advice for uh, tutors who would be helping with this type of course? I'm not sure if we have any SI leaders that will be paired with this course, but I know for sure there's, uh, I'm not sure if the Wednesday night lab is still open for DS students. The Wednesday night one, I think, is going away. And I think that the focus then is to put them through the learning center. I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be around this next semester or not. So mm -hmm. don't hold me to any of that. What advice would you have for uh, peers that are, that are helping uh, their classmates? Or Yeah, so for the tutors, I think, it, like I kind of mentioned earlier, it's super helpful if they kind of play around with the software and understand it. Like, I know for me in particular, this is something else I wanted to say too, is that I'm, I don't make them do as much manual calculations. <laughs> right. So in the beginning, yes, at the beginning of the semester, you will be doing some manual calculations. And definitely in 73, I think it's super important to kind of do some manual calculations. That way you understand the process. But for me in DS-123, it's more important to understand how to read the output. So know which tests to run and interpret the output from that. Um, so that that's in my class anyway. So if the tutors could kind of, again, play around with the software a little more to understand, um, you know, kind of which, how to run each test because it's different in each, um, you know, it's different how you do it in Excel than how you do it in JMP to how you do it in StatCrunch. Um, so StatCrunch, for those that don't know, is it comes along with um, the Pearson products. 
and it's a kind of very simplified version of like um, SPSS or SAS or okay. uh, yeah, it's very simplified. The students love it because it's simplified. So I don't mind them using it. I don't teach it as much just because what's more important is Excel and JMP. Excel and JMP are used in business more than StatCrunch is, but um, StatCrunch is a lot more visual and very simple for students to use. So I don't mind if they use it in their homework and stuff, but I really want them learning how to use Excel and JMP. Um, so that's, that's that. Other things is just if, if, you know, if we're having them do something that the tutors don't understand, then the tutors can just say, you know, I don't understand this particular problem. Cause you're not, they're not, that's the other thing I try to tell students too, is the tutors are not, they're other students, they're peers, right? right. So they're learning as well. So they don't know everything a hundred percent, but they are there to help them and guide them and, you know, but just be honest, if they don't know how to do it, then they don't know how to do it. And then guide that student back to their professor <laughs> for help. <laughs> but never, never, hey, and not, not that this, I think the Student Learning Center is awesome. I don't think that you guys do any of this. But then what I don't want is for students to go over there and feel helpless because they can't get help there and they don't feel like they can come back to professors because they certainly can. I know I try to send them your way because I tell them I we want the student learning center to still have be there for other for everyone. So the more students we get to go there, the more funding we get, we get to keep it going. It's good for them to go there. <clears throat> so even if you're doing well in class, it would be nice if you went there to just reinforce what you're learning. Yeah, and, we see and, a lot of students that well, you know, uh, what's, what's an interesting challenge for us, though, is before we would see a lot of students across the spectrum of, like, understanding, and they would find a home there because, like, you can socialize about the class. Yes. Um, with the remote environment, a little bit of that went away. Like, our regulars, they weren't coming as much, and so we're trying to figure out how to capture that same, like, magic. Yes. Well, I'm glad you, I'm super glad you brought that up. And here's why, because another thing that I did to kind of bring that in my classroom is Zoom has, I don't know if you've heard of that or not, but they have breakout sessions. Yeah, we use them. Okay, good. Yeah, and so I incorporate those in my, in my online class so that the students get, still get that. So again, for those that don't know, the Zoom breakout session is that I can decide to put you in like groups of four where all you see is like your group and you work with that and then I as the instructor kind of pop in and out of the different groups mm. kind of see so when we do the collaborative assignments I'm just kind of popping in and out to see how they're doing and I can take control of their of their desktop even so if they're stuck on something or they don't know how to go I can actually go in there and, and help them a little more right in a way that is a lot nicer than in the classroom because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because when I'm in the classroom, I am bouncing all over the place. It's it's funny. I don't know how many steps I get, but I'm bouncing all over the place, and I don't even know if I get to everyone. But in the in the Zoom sessions, I'm I am popping in and out. Um, but I I'm able to get in there and just really help them. So I don't know. Yeah, there's there's certain aspects of aspects of Zoom where I'm like, okay, this is actually better than in person. You know? Yeah. For yeah. one thing, I feel like. I, at least I am, if 
like I could see if a student has a camera off and they're just not listening at all. They're like watching Friends or something. <laughs> but if if they're listening, I feel like it's way easier to pay attention mm-hmm. because you're seeing the person's like full face instead of like being blocked and having distractions. Right. Yeah. It just depends on the person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so I have some uh, a series of rapid fire questions for you. Uh, yeah. One word answers. So introvert or extrovert? I say I'm an extroverted introvert, which is kind of <laughs> cheating. <laughs> right. I feel like <laughs> I'm the same way. Uh, email or office hour? Email. I have a reason though. That's oh, because. Can I say, I mean, for me, email, because students email me at all hours or two in the morning, even and stuff. And a lot of times I'll, you know, if I'm up, I'll respond where office hours are like set times. So anyway. Uh, Yeah. One of my uh, biggest, I don't know what you would call it, but like, like I get a lot of energy from it is responding quickly to emails. Like I just love the, I love (laughs) when people respond back and they're like, thank you for getting back to me so fast. Yeah, they do that. They're always, they're like, do you sleep? <laughs> Not really. No. Scantron <laughs> or short answer? I hate both of these. Um, Ooh, interesting. I do. I despise Scantron. Um, so I'll say short answer because I despise uh, Scantron. So what do you normally do if, if not? Yeah, so online. Um, I've kind of fought for that, but like, the students do their homework online. I don't necessarily like the product that we have right now. There are, there are better ones, but this is way better than what we had previously. Um, but I like that they can go in and they each have unique questions. Um, so, but they can use the technology. So that's the other thing. Like in my class, I allow them to use Excel and JMP and, and the tech and StatCrunch to get their answers. So I'm, but I, I just hate hard copy exams. So I hate Scantrons for that reason. I want them to use the technology to solve the problem and write their responses down. Um, so you're yeah. more like, you, you'd rather assess like the process that they mm-hmm. So yeah got it yeah the, yeah i want to make sure that they know how to use the technology to do what they want it to do and get the and get the right answer yeah just how the real world works <laughs> exactly and i and i i'll be quiet but yeah um yeah <laughs> uh meat or no meat meat dark chocolate or milk chocolate dark chocolate what is your least favorite word no what is your favorite word? I'm going to say proper. Um, I say proper a lot. A phrase would be well done. I love to say well done. Oh, well done. Well done. Um, but proper, like proper research or a proper cup of tea or proper, yeah, it has to be proper, but not snooty proper. proper. Uh, the time in the UK. <laughs> yeah, I think so, but it has to be proper. Right. well thank you so much Uh, thank you i hope that i have through my podcast hopefully somebody listens and is a little more at ease of what's expected of them in the fall and expected of them in in stats right and i think this will be really good for our ds tutors and maybe even just all the business tutors to listen to as well yeah
Yeah, and they can always, the other thing is the tutors can always contact me as well. I'm sure the other professors as well, but have them feel free to, to contact us if they need help helping students, so. We will, um, especially going into the remote semester because we're gonna, we're experimenting with like how to do things a little bit different. So mm -hmm. it might be a lot more like content creation or, or something like that, so. Yeah, they will need some support. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, like I said, I know I'm here. I'm sure other professors are, but I never want to speak for them, but I'm sure they're there for you as well. Thank okay. you so much.